Right, guys, straight off the bat, I want to be honest with you and say that I don't really have a much of a plan for this video. I thought I'd kind of just talk you through some of the stuff that's been going on recently and uh, kind of where I'm up to with a few things. So last week was a particularly tough week. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty resilient person. I can deal with quite a lot of stuff, but last week was a real testing one. However, this is not a video where I'm looking for sympathy or likes. This is not a cry for help. I've never felt better, genuinely. But what this is, I suppose, is potentially some, or hopefully, some motivation for someone else. Someone else who may be going through that spell where you are doing so much and then there's no, like, absolutely zero reward in the immediate. There's no one patting you on the back, telling you you've done a good job. There's no sign that what you've done is good or bad. There's just nothing. You just do the work, you do the thing, whatever the thing is, and there's no feedback. And I think as humans, you know, from a very young age, we're taught what I now believe to be pretty unhealthy feedback loops. You know, as kids, whenever we do something good, we're told we do something good. And equally, whenever we do something bad, we're told it's bad, right? And I think we take that into adulthood. And you see that, right? In schools, people get good marks, bad marks. Same with universities. And then people, a lot of people, and I was included in this, they go into careers and they have reviews and they're told they do a good job or they're told they need to improve something. And you're constantly in this world where you get feedback loops. And when you're by yourself and either you've, the two examples I can think of are when you've got your own business or when you're working towards fitness goals, more often than not, you're doing it by yourself and there's no feedback. And a lack of feedback, you I think we just genuinely all really struggle with that. And uh, it's hard because you don't know whether what you've done is good or bad or completely indifferent. And we like to a certain, we like a certain degree of certainty. And when we have nothing, it's very easy to just give up. And this is where that sort of like, the vast majority of people will give up because they'll listen to the people around them who will validate their excuses and their reasons to give up. So what I mean by that is, let's say I had the, the week I had last week, and then I was to have a conversation with my parents or particular friends or whoever it might be. I'm not, I don't even really need to relate this to me, anybody. And then I say that to that person like, oh, you know, last week was really tough because of X, Y, Z. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into why it was particularly tough for me because honestly, it really doesn't matter. And like I say, I'm, I'm not trying to take the attention. I'm not trying to put the attention onto me in this video. I'm trying to use it to inspire. But I could have that conversation with a friend and they would turn around to me. The instinct to them, I guarantee it, would be to say, oh, well, you know, you need to like relax or you need to like to be easy on yourself or be nice to yourself. And listen, I am a huge believer in celebrating milestones, and that's actually why I'm doing this video. But once you get to that milestone, the secret, or the, what I believe to be the secret, the secret that most people don't use, is that you've got to then double down. If you make some money, hit a fitness goal, get a promotion in, job, in your job, the very natural thing to do, and what most people do, is they take their foot off the gas and relax. That's where you double down. That's where you almost, you have to almost remove all emotion from the situation, become quite robotic with it. And it's funny, just before this video, I uh, was on Instagram, you know, as you do, a bit of a scroll, and I, it gives you an idea of what I look at on Instagram. 
one of the, the South Korean weightlifting team popped up. Obviously, the Olympics are this summer. Super excited for that. Uh, weightlifting, it's one of the few times that weightlifting gets any kind of spotlight. And these guys are insane. Like, this guy in particular, he's like, he's in the 67 and a half kilo category. So he's a small guy. And he's like deadlifting like 260 kilos, which is more than me, which is just so depressing. He squats like 200 kilos for 20 reps. It's ridiculous. And this guy isn't even the best in the world. He's up there, but he's not the best. And the point is, is of using him as the example is for him to do that, he has to turn up every single day without emotion and just get the work done. And then once he's done the work, no one's patting him on the, well, maybe in that situation they are, but most people, no one's patting you on the back. You just have to keep turning up and keep doing it. And there's two modalities, two mental models I like to use to do this. The first one is, like I say, just removing emotion from the equation and becoming as robotic as you can. And I understand a lot of people are going to have trouble with that. They're going, that's going to conflict with them a lot. And that's fine. Like, I understand. And if you're not necessarily trying to work towards big goals and you know, trying to achieve bigger things than the vast majority of people, then that's fine. Then you don't need to apply this to yourself. But if you want to achieve more than most people, you can't act like most people. So most people will get to a milestone and they'll stop. They'll celebrate it. They'll go crazy. And then they'll basically, they'll lose all the momentum. Or if they're having a hard week or a hard period of time, it could even be a hard day. They'll tell their friends, tell their partner, tell their family, tell whoever, They'll, you know what they'll do? They'll find out the person. They'll, they'll suss out the person who they know is going to validate their excuse the quickest. Because then as soon as someone else tells them what they want to hear, they give themselves permission to do that. So if you know that you've got that one friend who's always like, oh yeah, man, just like, just take it easy. That person's always going to get hit up. <laughs> Funnily enough, I never get hit up <laughs> because my friends know I am always going to hold them to account. They know that unless they're coming to me with something that they have done constructively, it doesn't have to be positive, it can be negative, but constructively that they have done, that I'm just going to tell them, what's your point, basically. They're going to, the people who fail with this stuff, they're going to find the person who validates their excuse. They're going to hear that and they're going to be like, oh, okay, cool. They've given me permission to stop and they'll stop and they'll be like oh well you know they're right they're probably right yeah they're right they they've kind of agreed with my internal monologue so i'm just going to stop i'm going to rest i'm going to listen to my body i'm going to do all these things and eat like shit watch 10 hours on netflix blah 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 and as a result they never get ahead and then they blame everybody else for that right it's a vicious cycle so mental model number one is be as robotic as you possibly can. Do not suss out friends. Suss out? Why do I keep saying that? Suss out is not the right way of saying that. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I fucking can't get to it. Um, it's annoying me, but it doesn't matter. Um, I'm, I'm running on four hours sleep, so excuse me. But yeah, they're, they're sussing out friends. We're sticking with it now. They're sussing out friends who are going to validate their excuses, basically. So that's that's mental model number one. Mental, number, no, mental model number two is funnily enough one that a friend of mine and I called Sam uh, basically came up with. So Sam is an old friend of mine and funnily enough was actually my first ever client. So I worked with him for a very long time for free as, as most people do when they're starting in this industry because they have to kind of like 
just get a bit of a vibe of what it's going to be like actually coaching someone because it's very different being able to go into the gym and train and then actually teaching someone how to do different exercises and the sort of psychology and the new and the the maths that comes with nutrition and like he particularly was on a on like a, a fat loss mission and he absolutely smashed it like over the course of a year and a half he lost like 30 kilos like insane like you, you that's like 70 pounds for the, for the americans like just hold two 15 kilo plates in your hands or just hold them like this like it's in, it's a lot of weight and he lost that and like couldn't be prouder of him did an amazing job and um but we came up with a a, a phrase that we used to say to each other during the hard times because whilst he was doing that i was on my own mission i think at that time i was doing a I was doing something which I, I, I don't regret it now, but it's caused me a permanent injury. But basically I, I went to the gym 100 days in a row. I've got a real thing for 100 day challenges, don't I? But it was, I never forget it because on day two, I started it when I was on holiday and I was in Qatar and I was in the hotel gym and I went in cold, which is always a stupid thing. Didn't do any kind of nothing. I mean, I'm not a big warm up guy, but I did nothing. And I just went straight into pull ups and on rep two, I felt my sort of shoulder pop and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. But it was day two and I'd committed to 100 days. So I just trained through it for 100 days. And whilst he, whilst I was doing that, he was doing his fat loss. We trained together in the gym like once a week. So it wasn't all the time because he lived miles away from me. But we used to have this phrase where we'd meet up and it was 6 a.m. in the fucking freezing. Because we did this in January, by the way, in the UK. And... We used to meet up at 6 a.m. It was pitch black in a warehouse gym. Uh, shout out to Absolute in Brentwood and Essex. Great gym. And um, we used to just say to each other, we didn't even like, we just sort of grunted at each other, looked at each other, like, oh, whatever, you again. Because we knew we were about to do like a hard leg session. And we used to just sort of get through it and be like, well, we didn't die. We're okay. And that's a very powerful mental model. Because you can come out of the back of weeks like the one I've just had and you can look back on it and you can sort of say to yourself, well, did I die? No. And that's a powerful model because it helps you to realize what you're capable of. It helps you to realize that you're capable of much more than you thought you are. Like I didn't know last week was going to end up like it did. But if, if I had known what I was going to face going into it, I wouldn't have thought I could have got through it. But I did, and I didn't die. So it makes you realize that you can keep finding new levels of capacity, of ability, of things that you didn't think you were capable of doing. And then when you do get through those weeks, and I'm kind of still in it, to be honest. I'll tell you a funny story in a second. When you do get through those weeks, that's when you can then look back and be super proud of it. And one thing, this is why I encourage, and I do it with all of my clients, and I encourage you to do it yourself if you're not necessarily working with a coach. You, you can do it yourself. It's obviously a lot harder because you don't have someone holding you accountable. But have write yourself out like a couple of questions each week that you're going to like ask yourself. It's like a mental check-in with yourself. And I would do this on a Sunday night or a Monday morning, depending on the type of person you are. And just kind of like rate your overall week, write down what you sort of was positive, write down what was hard, write down what you learned, write down what you're grateful for. I think people get sucked into this sort of gratitude world and journaling and think they have to do it every single day. And, and you can, and I'm sure that's powerful. I, I don't. But I think just having that mental check-in every single week, and it, this, this is a five-minute exercise, by the way, is very powerful. 
because it helps you to realize what you've achieved or not achieved. And if you've achieved, it gives you the opportunity to reflect, look back, be proud and use that as energy to move forward. And if you haven't achieved it, it gives you the kick up your, your ass that you need to realize that it's your responsibility and it's your fault and it's no one else's and there's no one coming to save you. And if you want to do more, you have to do it. No one can do the work for you. So that's really powerful. And, and I, I said I'd tell you a funny story. So yeah, it's, I can laugh about it. And I do laugh about it. And laughing about it in the face of this stuff is important. But woke up this morning, four hours sleep. Monday morning, it's pissing the rain outside. I've got a lot to do today. And I was just having one of those moments where it's just like, oh my God, like again, how am I going to do all this? But it's been, I've been up five hours. I've achieved a lot. Did I die? No. Funny story though. Woke up. First thing I did, all I wanted to, all I wanted to do was wash my face. Went into the, went into the bathroom. Uh, no running water. <laughs> I was like, so I can't even have a coffee, can't wash my face. But also what that, ex what, that, what that happening did was make me realize how much we take so much for granted. You know, and I said this to a, a client this morning on his check-in, he's been really ill the last week. And I said, the positive of whenever you're ill in, and you recover from it, is it, t it means that you, you, you're so much more grateful for your health, which is this basic thing that we see as a right. And it's not, we earn it. We earn good health, especially as adults. As children, it is a bit more of a given for the vast majority of children, thank, thank God. But for adults, we really have to earn it. You know, particularly once you get past 30 years old, you know, things get harder very fast and you have to work at it. You have to chip away at it, both your physical health, your mental health, particularly as your sort of testosterone levels start to fall, you're fighting a bit more of a mental battle. You don't quite have that surge of energy and drive and vigor that you did when you're in your 20s that when you are in your 30s or even your 40s and you know I'm 36 now I'm in very, I'm in very good health generally speaking uh, so I, I don't know what it feels like to be 45 and uh, you know I, I speak to clients who are ahead of me in that sort of journey and I give them the best advice that I possibly can and I, I, I give them the systems and I tell them what what I know is going to work for them but I don't doubt that it's going to be harder for them but me turning around and saying, oh, well, it's okay, it's hard. That doesn't help them, that doesn't support them. So it's better for me to show tough love, but tough in a kind of empathetic way, in an understanding way. I think empathy has been sort of, it's been feminized as a word, but I think it's very important for men to show empathy, but as long as it's shown in the right way. And in my opinion, the right way is to back that up by, with a bit of tough love. Because if I was just, just to sit here and validate all of my clients' excuses as to why they didn't do what they said they were gonna do last week, none of them would get anywhere. So my role as the coach has to be to be a little bit of a bad guy sometimes. Like, and they might fucking curse and swear and, hurt and hate me in that moment. But that's fine, I, I'm okay with that because I've always got their best interests at heart. And the goal is to help them to become the better man that I know they're capable of and that they want to become capable of. If I'm just sitting here going, oh, well, never mind, mate, you know, better luck this week. Like, that's not coaching. Coaching is holding people accountable, making sure that they do what they say they're going to do, not validating their excuses, helping them to understand where they could do better or why, they, why they're feeling like they are, and cutting through the BS because they don't need another person to just to say what everyone else is saying to them, to say it's okay, or to say they need to need to be kinder to the self and all this bollocks. Like, I had this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap up in a second, but this, I think this is quite important. And I need, I need to flesh this whole point out further into a whole other video, but you know, 
it's kind of ironic. I work in a, in a failing industry, technically. And I say that because the world, the Western world, which is the world I work in, you know, you know Australia and America and the UK and Europe, is getting fatter. So technically speaking, I'm in an industry and by proxy, I am failing. So you could argue that my clients are succeeding, but the bigger spectrum of that is that the world, and I'm, I feel partly responsible for that, the health of the world is getting worse, so I am failing. But there's very few people who will take that level of responsibility on. But also if you look at psychology, right, and I don't know if that's necessarily right, just mental health in general, right? It's kind of weird, like in the last, not even 10 years, let's say five to six, five to seven years, men's mental health has become a lot more of a sort of open conversation, which is fantastic. However, in that time frame, mental health issues, suicide rates have risen exponentially, particularly amongst men. So again, this idea that we're doing the right thing or it's working is completely false. The way it's going is the wrong way. And I think it comes back to this idea that we're trying to treat mental health amongst men and amongst women in the same way, and I don't think that's the right thing. Whereas I think women do respond better to conversation, I think men respond better to action. From what I've seen, from what I know about myself as well, I think men don't necessarily need to talk about it, they need to be given the tools to go out and do. They need to be on a mission, they need to have purpose. Sorry, I, I have no idea what's going on outside, welcome to my life, just another thing, right? You just got to laugh about this shit. But yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there because I have no idea what they're doing. But uh, yeah, it's an important topic. And like I say, I want to do a whole other video on it at some point. It's a very sensitive one. So I need to be wary about what I say and how I say it. So I need to think a bit more about it. Right. I love you and leave you. I've enjoyed this one though. Hopefully that has motivated someone. If they are in that space where they're on their own, working in a bit of a vacuum, a bit of a tunnel, and they're trying to achieve big things, then just know that you're not alone. It is hard. It's meant to be hard. It's not meant to be easy. You are going to have long spells of time where you get no feedback, positive or negative, and you just have to keep on going. You're going to take more losses than you're going to take with, than you're going to get wins, but the wins are going to be bigger than the losses if you stick at it for long enough. So the message is very simple. Keep learning, keep going, keep iterating, keep absorbing feedback, keep smiling, keep laughing, and I promise you, you'll get there in the end. I'll see you soon.